Hello and welcome to another edition of the American Scouser podcast. My name is Cozzy from England. We have Tim from Turkey and we actually do have an American tonight. We have Chris with us. How are we guys? <laughs> pretty good, man. Pretty good. The only American representing tonight. That's it. Representing <laughs> the American Scouser. Oh, on the Scouser part. You know, so there we go. I'll take it. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but okay, keep going. <laughs> Um, before we have a bit of a catch up tonight, lads, about the Reds and things, um, you know, the, probably the least we say about international football, the better. But, um, Tim, I'll come to you. How boring is it when Liverpool just don't play? Man, it feels odd. Like the whole weekend felt odd. Uh, and especially like my daughter didn't have a soccer game either. So it was like very soccerless. I don't watch some international uh, football. Uh, leave it to Turkey to make the Andorra game a thriller. Uh, but <laughs> I think they had like 28 attempts on goal or something and ended up scoring in the 90th minute out of a corner kick. So it's partially interesting because Turkey's in it for once kind of thing, but um, it's boring after all. I mean, the quality of the game is so much lower compared to Premier League. I mean, even if I'm not watching the Reds, you know, you're watching a Premier League game. And the quality of the game, you know, it's played a lot better. I mean, in national football, automatically, the quality is lower because, you know, people are not as used to each other. These guys go for a camp for three days or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like hard watching, but it is football. What are you going to do? Uh, and it's the only football that's on. I ended up converting to American football on Sunday. But, yeah, I can't wait for Saturday, man. Just bring it back, for God's sakes. I think, is this the last international break for a while, I hope, or what? I, I, don't, I think they've got another one in uh, end of October, I think. I think they have another one. Yeah, I believe it's either the end of October or the beginning of November. Oh, God. Why? Oh, it looks like middle of October it is. October 10th and 13th. So mark your calendars for those guys. Oh, nice. That's a good, that's a good sign to start painting the house. Um, well, I guess that's when I know my housework will get done again. Yeah, man. Uh, Chris, I'll, uh, I'll come to you, mate. And, you know, Chris is one of the new guys, so this is um, his first podcast. We'll go easy on them all. Um, fella, um, what, what, what's your take on international football? Really, you know, coming from America, where, you know, your team it has been pretty much pretty good. I know they never qualified for the last World Cup. Are you big into international um, football? Are you like me, where it's just like the death to the world when it's on? Um, you know, I have literally next to no interest. I couldn't even tell you who England played on Friday, but I just probably <laughs> played on Friday. But how's, what are your thoughts on the international football? Uh, I mean, as, as an American, you're right. The United States have, have been pretty poor here in the last few years. We have some bright spots, but I, I haven't really followed much of the United States national team. Um, well, I have a little Dutch in me, so I do follow the Dutch, uh, the Dutch national team. Obviously, watching Wijnaldum and Van Dyke out there supporting the Reds, and uh, you know, international football to me just doesn't keep my appeal as as much as club football. Uh, so, you know, going back to what Tim said, you know, it was kind of an odd weekend. I got a lot of stuff done around the house. I got to catch up on some American football, but I'm ready for the Premier League to get back into swing. Yeah, I, Tim, I, I think it's, I don't know what it is, and you know, I, I, I think we spoke about before, might doing a bit, a bit of maybe a bigger bit of a bog, uh, sorry, a bigger podcast on this about especially Liverpool with the international scene, where literally there's no interest at all in the city, uh, from the city really into the country, 
I think it's one of those, especially um, with your upbringing and where you're from, like I say. So you follow your turkey. Do you, do you ever keep up to date with any other teams apart from the ones that involve the pool players? I think it's like one of those things where, like, if I turn on the TV just, like, you know, to kill time or have something in the background, the first thing I look under is sports, and the first thing I look at is football. So if anybody's playing, I'm one of those guys that, you know, you know, there could be, like, two Mexican teams playing. If it's on, I'm just going to turn it on, even for, like, background noise or whatever. We're kind of like a, you know, like a soccer family, like everybody plays and watches and stuff like that. So I'll watch, like, a lot of, like, casual football. Like, what did I watch? The I mean, I was just watching the international game. I can't even tell you who that was playing. Uh, but I watched it. It was on. And I was like, I watched it for like 15, 20 minutes. Really? Uh, it's just a game. I, just, I just love the game. And, you know, like there's always like, a couple of players, you know, and you kind of like watch. It's just kind of like something to watch kind of thing. Like, you know, people turn on and watch Sports Center for hours, like in a loop, mind you. Uh, I don't, but I, do, I can like watch hours of like you know, random, worthless soccer games, if you will. But I'll just watch it because I love the game. I mean, like you say, since Turkey is in it, they've had a couple of like, good scores. And I kind of like the roster a lot more, a lot of young kids, a lot of young guys that play in Europe and stuff like that in the Premier League and stuff. So uh, they're like a lot more fun to watch and interesting because I think it's going to be a good team maybe like three, four years down the road, like when we're going to the World Cup and stuff. It's very promising. So... Uh, I mean, there are guys, you know, who play in the Premier League and Leicester, you know, like Jenk is at Everton. He doesn't get to play a lot, but uh, there are guys like playing Juventus and stuff like that. So it's promising. I'll watch it. Uh, it's just the quality, obviously, is not there. Um, and let's face it, uh, most of the international break, uh, if you're watching a game, you're just hoping for, you know, avoiding injury at this point. You know, you're spending like 10 days praying for no injuries and... It's almost like, you know, like for example, the Brazil, Brazil game, I didn't get to watch it, but I know like, you know, Bobby played the whole game almost and um, Fabinho did not play. It's almost like for the, you know, we like the players that we have a very likable Reds team. So on a personal level, you want the guy to play in the national team. You know, it's good for him and you know he likes playing for the national team, pride and stuff like that. But the Red in you says, man, I hope he doesn't play. So that he doesn't get injured. So it's kind of like a mixed feeling I get when I watch any game that includes a red. Yeah, I um, I I, I watch the World Cup. Um, I do watch the Euros. I don't watch England either. Um, I just don't like the bias commentary that we get towards England players. Um, I think that's what one of the other cases as well. Without going too deep into it, um, I think the biasness around England players, especially in the Premier League, is a joke. To be fair. Harry Kane dives every week, but as soon as Salah has a little nudge, well, he's the biggest diver in the world. Um, I don't see any headlines about Harry Kane and things like that. So that's the kind of things that I see, like, you know, double-sided. But Chris, I'll come to you. Um, with the with the US team, I know it's been poor in the last couple of years, but I look at, I think Tim's at the nail kind of on the edge, really. If you have a couple of good, young, exciting players, it does really spark an interest. You know, I know we can all, you know, it's Pulisic, of course, he's the one who's going to be standing out and, but there's people like Tyler Boyd and things like that. I can't believe that Jose Altidore is still playing for them. Is he about 44 oh, now? Uh, he's getting there. He's getting there. I think he's been about 44 for five years. Um, but is that what really sparks an incest, I think, in most teams? If you've got a couple of good young players, that really catches your incest again? I mean, we do have a couple good young players. Uh, I think we need a manager that can do a little better than what the current manager has been doing. Uh, going out against Mexico the other day and getting 
wiped off the floor 3-0 yeah. uh, doesn't look good, especially when it comes to playing the Mexican national team. Yeah. Uh, Pulisic's good. He's really good. Weston McKinney is another one that I think is going to be really good. Yeah, um, Schalke. Yeah, Schalke, is he? Yeah, yeah, Schalke. Yeah, Bobby Woods as well. You know, I, yeah, I'd i like to see him come back in and get more playing time. I think he's with Hamburg over in Germany right now. Um, there's a good young core. It's just giving the repetition. Like Tim said, you know, three, four years. If that core is still very, very young, you throw in uh, Zardes in there as well as Jordan Morris, and you have a pretty lethal attack. So I think with a few years, it'll be a little more interesting, and I think the Americans will come back around and support their team kind of like they did the women's uh, national team at the World Cup this year. But if the core doesn't start functioning well enough soon, they may not qualify for the next World Cup either, and that could be very detrimental to the program. Definitely. I think it's disastrous if they don't qualify. I think it's an absolute disaster. Um, you can always forgive one. England never qualified in 94. Holland never qualified last time out. Um, you can always forgive one. I think I always fought with the US, especially as an outsider, of course, looking in. It's the way you guys done things. So, for example, at 18 in the UK, you're going to be a Premier League footballer or not. You kind of know where you're at. You're at or, you're, or you're on a three-year plan of when you're going to be playing in the Premier League. Where in the US, I always thought to stop your progression because you guys go to school first and go and study for three years and or four years, and then you come out of 22, 23, and then then you <laughs> basically start like a Premier, you know, a career. Where in the UK, you've been playing four or five years at top level football at that age, and I think the players that you just mentioned, you know, like Mackenzie, who's now in Germany, and I think it was Woods, well, she said Bobby Woods, who's now playing in Germany. I think Pulisic yeah. might have kind of booked them trend there, but he went away early. They didn't go to school. And when no one we're going to Dortmund early doors. And and you can see the kind of level where he's got to because of that. Um, because he hasn't been his progression hasn't really been altered or changed because he's been playing around top level players at 17, 18. And you can kind of see that the level he's got. I think Tim, I, I don't you know, I'll come to you because of course, you know, these um, this podcast is kind of based around the American fan fan base. I think with the progression that Pulisic's gone on, and you see the other good players that um Chris just mentioned there. In the all playing in Germany, I think you're going to see a lot more of the US players not really going to school and you no know, kind of going abroad to go. No, I need to go and you know take a chance on my abilities here in case their uh, progression kind of becomes stagnated. Yeah, I mean you got to figure the, the better competition you face day in and day out is going to make you a better player. I mean that's for like any sport. So you know you can tell by you know these guys who play in Germany and stuff like that the way they play and stuff like that. The speed of the game is like the biggest difference, really. It's kind of like you know for like Americans, it's like playing football in Canada versus playing in the NFL. I mean yeah, it's the same game, but there's a huge speed difference, there's a huge skill difference, so when you practice against that, obviously it's going to make you a better player. I mean, I think with the American national team, because I mean, I do follow it, obviously, and, you know, like, watch them, like, I watched the Mexico game. I think the biggest thing they have is they have, they put too much on one or two players. I mean, Pulisic is, like, a great player. He's a young kid, and, you know, he wants to take on the responsibility and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, I don't know, we'll probably talk about the penalty kick because that was kind of like mind boggling to me, for example. But I feel like it's one of those things Like you watch that game. It's almost like you have one guy and everybody just passes the ball to him and it's like make something happen. 
we were watching with my wife and I told her, like, it reminded me of the time where maybe like four or five seasons ago, it almost felt like all we had was Coutinho. Yeah. And so when you couldn't open a game up, like when you had a team that was like really compact and like, you know, well-formed and, you know, like defending well, like people would keep giving the ball to Coutinho and be like, uh, make something happen. And it was like one guy going against like 10 and then maybe he had a miraculous shot, but most of the time, like, you know, we lost the ball. We couldn't get, you know, we couldn't open up a defense and stuff. I get the same feeling when I watch them again playing against Mexico. It's everybody, like, whoever gets the ball looks up to see where Chris is. And then they give him the ball, and then he does a couple of moves, and then, but then, you know, it's easier to defend when you're defending against one guy. Because you know, you know, you can kind of double them up, you can kind of like space them out accordingly. So that's like, I think the biggest thing, they just got to develop more of these guys. And the only way to do that is, yes, play in better leagues. But at the same time, are they skilled enough to be able to go to those leagues and start? I mean, you go there, I think that's, you know, I don't want to keep bringing it back to the Turkish national team, for example. But, okay, like a good example is Cenk who plays actually yeah, for yeah, Everton. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's yeah. at Everton. He doesn't really play for them. So you have these players that are in great leagues, like Merrick Demerel is actually at Juventus. You know, he's trying to get an opportunity to play and stuff. So they're at least practicing against good competition, but they're not getting as much playing time and minutes either. So it's kind of like you got to pick your poison. Do you go there and practice day in and day out against good competition? Or do you play on a team where you're going to play regularly and get 90 minutes all the time? And I think in terms of like the U.S., you're hoping, I think in the long run, they're not going to learn or get a lot better playing in Major League Soccer. I hate to say it. It's almost like they got to go to these better leagues like the German League, the Premier League, La Liga and stuff like that to go against good players. So when you go to the national duty and you're playing against these guys, you've been there, done that. Whereas you play Major League Soccer, you're playing against some quality guys, but they're like well above their age, like Ibrahimovic and stuff like that. Yeah. Ideally, you should be playing against people at their peak. Yeah, I think, you know, my, my argument is, is that when they're 17, 18, that's when they're leaving school, and then you might go to college for two, three years. At 18, we know if you're a Premier League player or you're on a path to be exactly. a Premier League player. And these guys are going to college. And basically, not, I don't want to say stagnating because they are getting a career outside of, you know, soccer. But let's get one thing straight, guys. One Premier League contract and you're set for life. That's it. You break your leg, a 22 might never play again, you're set for life. That's because that's the kind of money that's involved. And I think we're, we're, what Pulisic has done is booking the trend for other players to go, wait there, if I do send my kid away at 16, 17, to Dortmund in these camps with these better players, that he can get to that level. You know, we all look at players, you know, especially for the US national side, Landon Donovan, say Dempsey, two legends of the, of, the, of the game for the USA. They play most of their career, but Dempsey was most of his career in the Premier League with Fulham, Spurs. Donovan played a little brief stint with Everton a couple of times, but he was mostly in the MLS. Dempsey was twice the player than Landon Donovan was. I know players that might want to hear that because I know how much Donovan is much revered in this country. But Dempsey was twice the player because he was playing with better players. My argument is, Chris, is that what they've seen with Pulisic, if you're not a kid now at 16, 17, and you're not a parent to go, you know what, this, I've got something in my boy and the boys, you know, he's got something about him and the coaches are telling me, I wouldn't want to be sending him to college. I know that might be a bit pushy of a father and maybe not being like, you know, 
the most I can't really get the word, but you know, I, maybe looking at best what's what what is for me, son. But if your son has got this ability, you don't want him to go to college and become stagnant. What's the point of being the best player at college? There's no, you know, it's like being the best player in the under 12s. What's the point? Go and be the best player at Liverpool in the under 12s. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's at that stage where these are the players. I think if you're a parent now, I want to get your take on it. Would you be pushing him to go to Europe? I know it's a big thing at 16, 17 to do, but I think it's the only way to get to them levels of that where Pulisic's at right now. Well, and I think it also kind of depends on the player. I mean, if the player's ambition is to do that, then yes. I mean, as a parent, like, my daughter is going to be three here in the next week, and we've already started working with the ball. And my goal is to help her improve in ball handling and anything that she can so that way when she gets to the age and she's ready where she wants to pick a certain thing and a a certain sport to focus on, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do for her because – as a person with a college degree and, and a lot of debt, I wish my parents would have done the same thing for me. You know, had had I been given that opportunity to do something like that, like go to Europe and, and work with the club and go to the academy and all of that, you know, in a heartbeat, that would be what I would want to be. But my parents and a lot of parents around, especially in, around my area, it's school first, school, school, mm-hmm. school, school first, sports. And then, God forbid, you get a job, it's school, job, then sports. And that's just how it is in the Midwest. And it it sucks because you have – I had a kid that I played with in high school, and he had Russian heritage. And he's actually uh, a cousin to Andre Arshavin. And he got him into an academy over in Russia, and his junior year left school and went to Russia and played for the U18s for two years until he broke his leg. But, you know, we never had that opportunity around here. One, most parents may not be able to afford it, especially in today's economy. Yeah. Especially in my area, um, it's difficult for parents to afford some things like that, and it's hard for some people to be put into certain programs Mm -hmm. to do that. But... If the player wants to do it, and if my child came to me and said, this is what I want to do, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to make mm-hmm. that happen for them. Because like you said, one contract could set you for life. Yeah. That's it. I think it's, you know, I, Tim, I think Chris kind of just touched on it there, really. It's like, there has to be more. For me, as I said, I've lived here for two years now. I go and watch um, Sacramento Republic here in the USL. They are applying to go into the MLS. And the quality's decent. It's a decent level. I honestly, but I do think, I literally, I can go and pick guys 17, 18 from Liverpool, from the street to Liverpool. You can give them a game. And I'm not being disrespectful. I mean, because it's just a level we play that. Because all, all everything is, is football. We don't play, I, you know, I'll give you a bit of an insider, the US listeners. We don't really play many other sports in the UK in our PE lessons. We might do a bit of rugby, a bit of cricket. If you don't know what cricket is, give it a Google. Um, but... <laughs> It's, you know, it's everything is just football. That's all that's rammed down your throat. There's no athletic programs, there's no golf programs or anything like that. There's nothing. It's no American football, of course, no basketball. It's football. And that's all you play. And, and for the whole life. I think there has to be, Tim, I'll kind of come to you. I think there has to be more of a path for these kids who are 16, 17, or maybe more funding where they can go abroad and go, you know what? He has got the talent. He is the best player at 17 by a mile. Why can't we? get the funding together 
on these kind of programs to send them here without the parents being out of pocket and go, right, let's see what he has got, basically. And that goes back to what Chris is saying, though. I think an American parent is a lot more likely to, you know, push their kids to what you would call American sports um, so that, you know, they can kind of progress because they see the money being made and, you know, it's in the U.S. So, I mean, you were talking earlier about, like, the college, you know, what's the point in playing college and stuff like that for, like, you know, football. But, it, like, for, you know, so, let's say soccer so it doesn't get confusing. But... Um, <laughs> But if like the college system is a great system if you're looking to go pro for you know a top US sport. You know, if it's like basketball, football, you know, baseball, hockey, it is an avenue, you know, you go to college and then you from there you can get you know, you get drafted and you go pro. So it's almost like you're on your way if you're in college. I almost feel like some of these other sports, like you know, let's say uh, you know, soccer lacrosse and stuff like that i almost feel like the when the parents you know have their kid playing that sport uh at a travel level at an advanced level it's really more for them to play college and that's it you know or get a free ride to college and stuff and that's it like if you you know when you ask you know my daughters both played i mean the, my older daughter's in college now my younger daughter uh plays travel soccer i mean i guarantee you if i go to anybody there and maybe it is because it's like you know women's soccer but if i ask them you know what's the limit most of them are going to say that's the limit you know mm -hmm. getting a free ride to college and end of story uh, i think that's like the biggest problem is you know like for you know when these guys do play soccer like their goal is yeah get a free ride to college and then we'll see what happens and it goes back to what you're saying yeah. by the time yeah. you see what happens it's too late. You're, you're, too old. you're too old to develop at that point and make a career in a good league and stuff like that. And I think being away, I mean, your only hope, I don't think you're ever going to be able to, you know, going back to like what you were asking, like in terms of funding and stuff like that, to send these people to schools over there, like academies and stuff like that. The key is going to be when are those academies going to be here? Because there's a lot of, I mean, in terms of like potential, obviously, number-wise and facility-wise, there's a lot that can be done here. I just don't think they have, I mean, I can tell you for, you know, like I say, for girls soccer in Midwest and Chicagoland area, there's probably, I mean, God knows how many clubs. There's probably like 100 clubs. But I think there's only two or three of them that actually have qualified coaches that, you know, teach the game and, you know, make the players develop and stuff. So it's, I don't think you're ever going to get the funding to send these people over there. Hopefully you're going to get enough interest to bring those schools here and have those kids go to those academies over here. I think that's the only way that kind of like progresses and you develop top quality players right here in the U.S. And to touch mm -hmm. on that, you know, you, you also have to talk about uprooting the child and, you know, sending them overseas. You're not talking passport fees, visa fees, you know, everything that goes along with being an American citizen in in the UK or in Europe in general. You know, you have to secure all of that stuff before you can even go. Whereas if you can bring over three, four academy coaches and come over and set up your scouting system and your system in the United States and have a, a specific base camp and just scout all throughout the Midwest, the Southwest, the Pacific, you know, all of the area, 
you your chances of getting players of that quality into those programs are so much more higher just because you're not having to change everybody's lifestyle to a European lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You can stay here, you can get the drills, you can get the training, you can teach they can teach you the game the way it deserves to be teach or taught if I'm speaking mm-hmm. properly uh, <laughs> without and still have the comfort of being with your family for moral and you know yeah. emotional support. I mean that's a big thing and parents some parents can't just uproot their entire life and just go overseas with their child and you never want to send your kid anywhere without being there you know, within shouting distance to make sure that they're perfectly okay at all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So I see where, you know, the parents come from, but at the same aspect, I agree with Tim, you know, when are the, when are those programs going to start coming here so they can have that opportunity? I think it's the, I think it's the biggest untouched market in the world. For the, in, in I do too. I honestly do I, too. I, I think you have so getting... many different cultures in this country. Yeah. And if you could get, four or five big clubs to come over and set up camps throughout all aspects of or all areas of the country it, it's picking grounds you have it mexican is. internationals you have you know japanese chinese you have a whole arraignment of mm-hmm. national maybe not just american but you know maybe american and mexican or you know whatever their culture may be you have such a diverse population that you could choose from and grow. Mm. I think it's again. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's as you say, not just because it's a, as it is the biggest untouched market. I think I think a lot of parents in the US, of course, are just not maybe well educated on how the system works over in, in Europe. Also, where you don't need to play in the Premier League, you can play in the league three years below. Sorry, three leagues below, and still in a very good living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it feels like here. Yeah, with the American sports, it's either NBA or nothing. The NFL or nothing. That's like, you know, it's college NFL. There's not really like, you know, I know you might get the in-between league, but there's not many. And it's not really paid the kind of money that you want them to. I think, again, maybe it's different for those guys because we watch a lot of soccer. And if you see your child at 15, 16, you actually go, you know what? They've got a lot of ability. Like, they're the best player in the team by a mile. They're scoring 60 goals every season. The other teams are getting 20. You know, you can see something in them. And I think it's, again, I, I, I think we are, you are onto something with building the camps over here, ready-made, ready-to-go. But you, again, I think it's the mindset of also parents where they're based on the, the US outlook on things. Well, it's, I just wanted to get to college. As, as Tim said, it's a free ride to college. What's beyond college? Do you want to become a dentist? Where you could go on, you know, $120,000 a week. You know, that's the... Again, I think it's also about the education side of things as well, um, with the parents. And I think with, when when soccer gets bigger, they only go, you know what? We doesn't need to play in the Premier League or the Bundesliga or La Liga. You can play in three three leagues below and still earn a very very good amount of money. So I think it's interesting. You know, I think it's just an interesting topic, especially on the uh, the base of international football, um, really. So that was quite uh, interesting. So we'll move on a little bit. Um, you know what, Tim? I, I want to talk about some of my favourite subjects, right? Let's talk about the Reds, right? <laughs> Let's do it, what the hell? Right? Why not? First month, fucking first month of the season, you've won four out of four, you're top of the league, you've won the Super Cup with a sub-goalie who was released by West Ham, signing with a fourth div- in the fourth division of the Spanish League. <laughs> it, can't, it can't really get any better for the Reds at the moment, can it? 
No, really. I mean, everything seems to be going the way it should, right? I mean, it's, and I think that's what's more this international, you know, like break makes it even harder. You're like, let's keep going. Uh, that's why you hate these breaks when everything is kind of like rolling the way it should. Uh, let's keep going. I mean, the only positive that I can draw out of this break is it buys us basically uh, kind of like, a, you know, like an extra like, you know, week and a half, two weeks for like Alisson to get back. Uh, aside from that, I mean, yeah, everything is rolling the way it should be. It's almost like now can we get there? Uh, there's some like big games coming up. Um, yeah, man, I mean, that's that's what makes this international break so hard. I think everything is on the up and up right now. Uh, I read today that Navi should be back shortly too. Uh, so no injuries apart from like Alisson, which is always good. Um, I think like with the League Cup and studying now, I think some of these guys will get more minutes and they'll get their chance as well. We'll get to see those guys in action. Everything's on the up. That's why kind of like, you know, everybody is kind of content. Uh, God forbid if there was like a bad result in the first four weeks, it would be like, you know, you'd, be, you'd be hearing like two weeks of bitching. And that's like the only good thing about this is, you know, it's four and four. So everybody's content is pretty quiet. It's more like the anticipation of like what's to come more than anything else. Yeah. Chris, uh, I'll come to you, fella. Four and four, yeah. Super Cup. I think for, for Liverpool fans, and this is a shout out to all of them out there, Liverpool are not going to win every game. Liverpool are not going to win the next 45 games, as much as I would love what? to. What? What know, kind I'm of sorry. blasphemy is that? <laughs> sorry, I know. It's not... I, honestly, honestly, guys, it's a long shot, I know. But I don't think they're going to win the next 45 games because I want them to win the Champions League as well. But, um, Chris, I come to you. I think Liverpool fans do need to keep composed. I think it's a perfect start. Alisson back. Naby's coming back. Rian Brewster's going to be coming through. Shaqiri got a few minutes against Burnley. Is there any better time than being a red at the moment? No, there really isn't. You know, this international break came, like Tim said, everything was flowing really well. We gave up a few goals, but for the most part, you know, they were there were some sloppy goals. Uh, I won't pinpoint one, but uh, Adrian. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I still right now, I still right now we're, we're in the calm before the storm. You know, we have a busy week coming up fixture-wise. Newcastle comes to Anfield on Saturday for the early kickoff. Then we have to go to Napoli, and then we go to Chelsea. Mm -hmm. So these next three games are are going to be very, very important. I think that Newcastle is kind of like a trap game for us. Uh, I hope that we're not overlooking it, and I hope that Klopp gets everybody on the same page and they're not thinking about what happened in Naples last year uh, before Tuesday's match. but. Everything seems to be great, you know? If we can get through this international break injury-free, and I think we only have, what, Brazil tomorrow, and I think we're done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it's a great place to be. Top of the league. City's behind us. So, <laughs> that's all we could ever ask for. It, it, it Literally, it is the perfect time to be a red. I'm 27. I've never seen as good as this. Trust me, I've under, under Rafa, mate. And Rafa was wonderful, mate. It was never as good as this. This team... Honestly, you're looking at. I wouldn't swap anyone in the world. Gen, I, I like every single player. I mean, because Mignolet is left now, that helps. But poor Migs. Don't give me that. Oh, he was a good shot stopper. 
Fuck, it's his job. It's his job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a good shot stopper. No shit, he's been doing this since he was four. He's just he's out of the way of the shots. <laughs> oh, he's not got his hands in the way of the shots. Wow, what a shot stopper. Oh, he's a great professional. Yeah, his best ever season was the one last season when he didn't play. Um, yeah, so I like, as I said, I like every single player. Um, I can't, honestly, we could sit here and talk all night about the ends, but I'm only going to tell you this. This is the best days of our lives, really, isn't it? Let's be fair. Tim, I'll come to you. I know we're not gonna we're gonna go into the uh, RP preview guys at the Newcastle game on Thursday. It should be on Thursday night. I'll come to you, but we'll just tiny little touch on it right now. You couldn't ask for a better team or a better game after an international break, could you really? Yeah, I mean I think I mean you're home. I mean, but going back to what Chris is saying, it's probably a big trap game at the same time, isn't it? Because uh, it almost looks too good. Uh, but, I mean, that's one thing about this team, even someone like me, who, you know, you know me, I worry about everything and everything possible. Uh, even It gives me confidence in terms of like, going into a game like this, because especially at Anfield, uh, with most people, you know, most of the players coming off fresh, we're going to be able to, you know, put out the exact 11 we want. Uh, it should be a good game to get things going. And then, like Chris was saying, you know, we go to the Napoli away game, and I know that we're looking too far ahead, but I don't see that as crucial of a game as, you know, the other ones in the group, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, it's the first, I'm kind of like glad that that's the first game away. Uh, we'll have something to prove because we did play miserably over there last year. Uh, they, I mean, we were lucky to get away with a loss that was only in the last minute. It almost looked like an unlucky loss, but let's face it, I mean, that game was yeah. pretty ugly. Yeah. Probably like one of the worst games we've played all season, really. But, um, but yeah, the Chelsea game, I think, is like the biggest game in, you know, like when you look at like the September fixtures. And because, I mean, the other our game is like Sheffield United. So it looks like a lot better schedule than like August was. But yeah, going back to what you're saying, Newcastle, man, I mean, it should be... It should be easy. Let's just hope we don't fall into that trap. Start hard and, you know, like get the early lead and keep building from there. And I just don't give these guys a chance to kind of sit back and wait too much. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think it's a, think it's a perfect game. We'll kind of go into it a bit more in depth on Thursday. Um, we'll probably leave it there, guys. Um, not really much going on. I don't want to talk about international football. I'd rather talk about watching the paint dry on the wall uh, when I'm painting this ball tomorrow. <laughs> Literally, no interest. No interest at all. As long as they're not injured. Absolutely fine with me. Any other business, guys? Ah, no, just bring back the Reds, man. Bring back the Reds, indeed. Uh, right, guys, we'll leave it there. Thank you everyone, um, so much for listening. Go on to Facebook. It's Liverpool FC America. Come in, join the group. Have a bit of a convo with us. Call us idiots. Hashtag not my captain. Um... <laughs> <laughs> get involved you know I might if you're going to write some silly things I might comment some silly things but get involved call me them kind of things it's wonderful we're all at a great time the Reds have won 4-4 four four. they've won the Super Cup we're going to win the lot we're the greatest team in the world look at us we've got Virgil van Dijk the Ballon d'Or winner soon to be Salah's the best striker in the world don't give me a Fabinho's the best centre midfielder in the world this is the best days of your lives guys keep on being unbearable have a good night <laughs>